0: this is the shameless mom academy episode 732 show notes for this episode including any links mentioned in the episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 732 welcome to the shameless mom academy i'm your host sarah dean i'm here to give you and other passionate driven unapologetic moms Hey, mamas. So in today's episode, we are talking about purpose and passions and knowing when to pivot. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that this is something that I help my one-on-one business coaching clients with. So if you listen to today's episode and you're like, hmm, I have a business or I want to start a business and a lot of what Sarah's saying makes sense to me, maybe there's an opportunity for us to work together. So over the last 20 years, you probably know I've built and scaled three different businesses. And I've had to shift and pivot a lot, (laughs) whether it was during a global recession in 2008, or during a global pandemic over the last few years, like I've learned how to navigate the ups and downs and adapt, and also be able to shift and grow in successful ways as the world continues to be this lovely place of uncertainty. So I've been working with my current business coaching clients within a six month container. So when I work with folks. I work with them for six months and we work together closely as my clients are doing things like stepping more fully into the role of CEO in their business, learning how to take more frequent and consistent action that actually grows their business and revenue. On top of that, really helping my clients discover a stronger sense of clarity and direction and learning to leverage better strengths and skills to make progress. On top of that, my clients are always interested and conversations always seem to turn to building confidence and moving away from the noise or quieting the noise in your head because as you're building a business, holy cow, the noise in your head gets really loud. So we do a lot of work on mindset and just building confidence and really shutting down that inner critic and that imposter syndrome. When I'm working with my clients over the course of six months, we're meeting routinely regularly on Zoom and on Marco Polo or putting together offers and packages so that you can be of service to your clients in order to grow the thing you want to grow. So some of my clients are growing podcasts and businesses around their podcasts like what I do. Some are building HR consultancies and supporting other companies. Some are founding nonprofits. Some are building all sorts of different companies that do different things, whether it's service related or product related. I've worked with a number of people with Etsy shops. I've worked with a number of people in the health and wellness space, building out health practices and different clinical environments to support clients. So if you're like, oh my gosh, maybe there's something Sarah could do to support my business or help me look into this dream and figure out what I want to do with it let's chat. So you can reach out to me at info at And just in the subject line, put business coaching with Sarah. And then let me know just a little bit about what you're building in like a couple sentences. And I can send you over my business coaching application. So again, just reach out to info at shamelessmom.com. And we can start to explore whether or not we might be a great fit for some business coaching. Okay, so now let's dig into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. Oh my goodness. Here we go. We're going to talk about passion, purpose, and when to pivot. I love some alliteration. It's been a minute since I did an alliteration episode, I think. So I get asked all the time about how do you find your passion or how do you find your purpose? And I think there's a lot of societal pressure to do things that we're passionate about or things that have purpose and fill us with meaning. And I 100% agree that doing meaningful work is important and significant across one's lifespan. And sometimes we're going to have to do work that maybe isn't our most purpose-filled or passionate work, and that's okay too. And so I really want this episode to be about creating space and holding space for wherever you're at. And you might be in a place where you're like, yes, I'm doing this work that I'm really passionate about. Or you might be like, I am feeling lost and I'm wandering, if not fumbling. And I wanna find something that I'm passionate about or something that fills me with purpose and I don't know how to do that. Or I don't know if now's the right time. And we'll talk through that a little bit. And then we'll also talk about when to pivot. So we're coming out of this season Post pandemic, you know, three years ago, oh my gosh, three years ago, everything changed. And I think I would have had a different, I would have been recording a different episode if someone, if I were to like lean into this title three years ago, because so many things shifted with the pandemic. And with that comes a shift, I think, in perspective, a shift in mindset, definitely a shift around like privilege and what it, looks like for everyone to just be taking up space in so many different ways, given what we've all been through in the last few years. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's actually a really good thing for us to maybe hold a broader space for like what's okay and what can fulfill a certain time, space and purpose in our lives. And so if you were in a position in doing work or volunteer work or hobbies where you just feel like you are doing what you're most passionate about and you feel full of purpose every day that's great now sometimes when we're doing those things we're like yeah i'm doing these things but i'm not making any money and i need to be making money so maybe you've started your own business and you're like yeah all the passion all the purpose and none of the income is that what's working for you maybe the flip side of that, like you're in a position where you're making a decent amount of money, whether it's in a business you created yourself, or it's in a typical, you know, standard nine to five kind of Monday through Friday position. you're like, yeah, like reasonable income or stable, secure income and benefits, but like no passion, no purpose. And I think that we need to talk about how all those things can be okay, as long as you recognize what you need most right now and what's working for you. And so I want to give you permission to own where you're at, let it be okay, and then recognize like, do I want to pivot from here? Or is this where I need to be right now? And not from a place of settling, but from a place of being reasonable and realistic. I think that I've watched and if any of you have watched some of this, you know, some of the docu series around like, different kind of business building and personal development cults, and like MLMs. And you can see where There's been a push, especially for women, especially for moms, to quote unquote, like follow your passion. And sometimes that comes at a really big cost. And while it can feel good in certain moments, sometimes pushing moms to follow their passion when they have minimal bandwidth, I don't think is always the most ethical thing. Now that said, I think that doing meaningful work across your life matters for something and counts for something. And I know it matters a whole hell of a lot for me, and I've done so much meaningful work, And there's also been times where I have done work in my own business and working for other people where I'm like, this is filling a space that I need it to fill right now because it provides security, because it provides stability, because it's the thing that is like the lowest hanging fruit and I don't have bandwidth to go build something more right now. And that's absolutely okay. I also think that there's a time to recognize, okay, this is now not a healthy place for me because either this is not a healthy environment, maybe it's a toxic working environment, or it's so not stimulating to me, or it's so not fulfilling, and it's unsatisfying or dissatisfying that like it's time to challenge yourself to find the next thing. And only you can answer the question like when's the right time to do that. But let's talk through what that can look like. So I worked in a career, in my first career, working in a psychiatric hospital, and I remember in that career, oh, just loving my first few years in that work. I was in my early 20s. I loved my coworkers. The work was really challenging, but also just filled my cup i was working with kids ages 4 to 14 years old who were in a locked down psychiatric facility in order to be a patient in this facility you had to be in imminent danger to yourself or to others so basically i was working with children ages 4 to 14 years old who were either suicidal or homicidal so pretty intense working environment But it was in this season of my life where I loved learning about child psychology and I loved serving these kids. I had previously spent three years of my college degree preparing for elementary to become a teacher and working toward my elementary education certification, which I didn't finish because I ended up making the shift into psychology to partner with my sociology degree. And I loved the learning aspect of it. I loved working with these kids. It was like kind of multiple worlds colliding for me, being able to work with kids and in psych, which were two huge passions of mine. That said when I started this job, I picked up like every f- extra shift I could. So, I had like my standard set schedule and when you work at a hospital, <laughs> standard set schedules are anything but standard many times. But like from month to month you'd get I'd get my schedule and it would be like all over the place in terms of hours and days and whatever, but I would know ahead of time like what my hours were going to be and on any given day I'd be like, can I pick up extra shifts? Like I just wanted to be there all the time. There was also a number of other people who were like me, like <laughs> weird people who liked working with children in psychiatry, like, where we were like, we wanted to be in this environment together. And it was a really challenging and sad and traumatic environment to work in. And also it was deeply fulfilling. But I also remember there was people who'd worked at the hospital for a certain amount of time and they would say to me, don't burn yourself out. Like they would see me picking up all these extra shifts and working night shifts like overnight from 11.30 p.m. until 7 a.m. Or they would see me working all weekend and you know 12 days in a row just because, because I had like nothing else to do. And I was like, why not make some extra money doing overtime? And they would say, don't burn yourself out. Like this job has a life cycle and it's not very long. And I was like, no, 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 like this is amazing. Also kind of part of my personality to go like 150% in on something and then get to this point and be like, Wow, (laughs) I might be done. So I was in this position of just really, really loving this work for a handful of years. And then I found myself struggling in the role at a certain point. And it wasn't that I didn't love the work because I really always loved the work and I really, really, always loved my coworkers. But I found myself like being out in public and not wanting to be around children. And I found myself not wanting to have my own children, which was kind of an alarming shift for me. And kind of concerning as well. So I found that this work was really starting to kind of infringe on who I was becoming in ways that I really didn't see coming. And that was taking a toll on me.
1: Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above possibility and joy. No one told
2: us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids, because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. On top of that, I did start to miss having weekends off
0: and having holidays off and like kind of the hospital schedule started to get to me a little bit. And I recognized at a certain point, like this just can't be a forever career. I also worked in a for-profit psychiatric hospital, which I 100% think is should not be a thing. I think it is absolutely unethical. It's like for-profit prisons or corrections facilities. Like no one should be capitalizing off of people in certain spaces in their lives. I don't think that corporations should be capitalizing off of people under psychiatric care. Like it, it's not a good thing. And I saw how it played out and I saw how upper management was paid compared to people in my position. I saw how safety was managed because there was an unwillingness to staff with certain amounts of people because of the cost which put staff's lives at risk, which put patients' lives at risk. Like a lot of things that happened that were about the money were really unethical in terms of patient care and staff care. And at a certain point, I was like, I cannot be here. And my dream was like, I'm just going to go work at Seattle Children's, which is Seattle Children's Hospital here in Seattle, which is a nonprofit. They had a psychiatric unit, but it was hard to get a job there. And that was kind of like this longer term goal that I had But as I started to consider, like, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? I was like, gosh, as much as I've loved this work, I don't see myself staying here forever. And it became then a realization for me that I needed to find what was going to be the next thing that would be meaningful to me. And that was a huge process in like self-discovery. I went through probably a year or so of considering different options and figuring out, I knew that I wanted to go back to school for something, but I didn't know what that was. I looked into my getting my master's in teaching. I looked into going into a certificate program to get a two-year degree to get into my personal training certification. I looked briefly into getting my master's in social work, which is something I'd already considered as an undergrad. So considered a lot of different options, but I really knew that I wanted to do meaningful work that would light me up. And I also was really conscientious of the fact that I felt like I had to pick something to do for like 40 more years. <laughs> because my parents had both done like one thing for a really long time in their careers. And so I was like, gosh, like what's the thing I want to do forever and I could not answer that question. What I, the question I could answer was I think I'd really love working in fitness for a while. And I knew that if I went and got my masters in teaching or my masters in social work that it would be a pretty fast track to burnout again. I just knew that those weren't roles that I wanted indefinitely. And with fitness, I was like, well, I don't know quite what I want out of this, but I'm really excited about it. And I was really personally passionate about fitness because it had shifted my life in so many ways I never saw coming as I became an athlete as an adult. And as I became a triathlete and ran half marathons all the time and like did all these things that I never thought I could do. And it really enhanced my life in so many ways. And so I was like, what if I could just help other people do that? And what if this is like a step, you know, maybe becoming a personal trainer is a stepping stone to the next thing. And so I went and got my two-year degree and that's what I ended up doing. While I was in the process of making that decision, I knew I was going to be leaving this hospital environment. I knew that that was not where my passion and purpose were anymore. And I knew it was time to pivot. That pivot took me some time. And here's what I did. While I had that time, the privilege and the gift of time, because I could stay at the hospital as long as I needed to, like my job wasn't on the line. It was secure. I was able to work overtime and get extra money as I wanted to. So like high privilege in this position, I leveraged that opportunity to think through what I really wanted. And then I also realized that I can use this role that I'm in right now and just sit here for a minute, even if it's not totally lighting me up because I'm now in a position of letting this be the stepping stone to the next thing. And I remember when I went back to school, when I finally made the decision to go back to school to become a personal trainer. And as soon as I started that program, my relationship with my work changed so dramatically. And so I'm always someone whose identity has really been wrapped up in the work that they do. And I think it's because I part of my like, hyper-focused personality is that like when I do something, I am all in on that thing. So I had been all in on this career, you know, working in the psychiatric hospital and working overtime and like, you know, having my hands in as many roles as I could in that hospital. And when I went back to school, I realized that the hospital job was just a job. It was just like a placeholder until the next thing. And for so long, it had been this huge part of me. And then I recognized, oh, wait this can just be a placeholder until you finish this two-year degree. This can just be this like thing that you do for a handful of hours a week, you know, like 40, because I did work full-time through school. But like, this is just a thing that you do on the side while you're pursuing the next thing. And even though that thing, that hospital job, took up you know a huge amount of my time, still took up the majority of my time, I was able to see it more as like, it's just this piece of what I do instead of it's like the thing that I'm all about. And then when I got into personal training, all of a sudden, again, my meaningful work really took on a new life. And I was back into this place of doing work I was really passionate about and really excited about and impacting lives and changing lives and wanting to learn all the things about all the things in personal training and then about growing a fitness business. And then that started to shift at a certain time. And I was like, okay. And especially at a certain point in my career when I was looking when I was working for other people in their facilities and I was needing to make a move to my own facility, which felt big and daunting and scary, I again had to like sit in this place of I've done a bunch of meaningful work under other people's ownership and that is no longer the right fit for me. But... I can let this be a placeholder while I'm building toward or working toward the next thing. And so I really specifically remember doing this in one job. I worked at this gym where the owners were absolutely awful. I've talked about them on the show before. Shout out to Vicki and Richard, like horrendous people to work for. Their values were so misaligned with my values. It was a gross situation in many ways. But I worked with amazing people at that gym. The trainers I got to work with during that time were phenomenal. And there was a certain point in that job where I was like, six month plan, like I cannot be here for more than like six months more, I cannot tolerate their behavior for more than six months. So I had the six month plan. And then again, it was like, I'm going to just show up here and I'm going to do the best work that I can to serve the people that I'm here to serve. So just like at the hospital, like, even when I'm like one foot out the door in terms of my next step, I'm still there like serving 100% when I'm serving patients. In fitness, I was still serving my personal training clients 110% while I was building the next thing to go out and work in in my own facility. But I was like, okay, this now is like a placeholder while I'm building the next thing. And then when I built the next thing, getting into my own space, like that became like the thing that was like, took up all my time and my bandwidth and that I could be all in on in terms of passion and purpose. So what I want to point out to you is that it's okay to have these waves. It's okay for our work to not always be full of purpose and passion, but sometimes be a resting point or just a safe place between things. And I think it's important, especially important, critically important when you are a mother to allow for that as needed. I think it's okay for your work to not be the most meaningful thing that you do when you're a mom. Now, you might be like totally in a different place and you might be like, holy cow, like my work is so meaningful to me. It means so much, which is great. Nothing wrong with that. A lot of my work, so much of my work during motherhood has absolutely been deeply meaningful work. But I also think that you can be in a season in your life to be like, I'm just going to sit in the thing that's safe and secure for right now. That's the thing that I need or that my family needs or that whatever. And that's okay. And then when you have the bandwidth, when you have the capacity or the resources, then you can start building toward the thing that you have more passion and purpose around. It is okay to lean into security and stability if that's what you need right now. And it is absolutely also okay to lean into what you're passionate about and build something around that. So that's what I've done over multiple careers now is let myself sit in one space that's safe and secure so I can lean into the next thing that I'm passionate about. If that's you, if you're in the spot of okay, like I've been in this place that's safe or secure, or maybe you're not in a place that's safe or secure, but you know that you need to do something that's more purpose-filled or more meaningful work for you. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not gonna teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh,
2: we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, wherever you
0: listen to podcasts. And then how do you know when it's the right time to pivot? How do you know when it's the right time to like do the next thing? I think that a couple things that you can look at. So there's a fantastic book, and I'll link to it in the show notes, called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Gay, G-A-Y, Hendricks. The Big Leap talks through your four zones, your zone of incompetence, zone of competence, zone of excellence, zone of genius. And I've talked about this. If you've done workshops with me, I talk about this. I've talked about it on the show before. But what we know about zone of competence and zone of excellence specifically so quickly zone of incompetence is like the stuff that you suck at that you hate that like you're never going to be good at and every time you try to do it You just get really cranky and exhausted and mad. Like, so for me, I'm like printers, software, technology. Like, I'll just get really mad because it won't work for me. And I'll just wanna cry and scream and throw the thing out the window. So, like, that's the zone of incompetence. Your zone of competence is like the stuff that you can kind of figure it out, but you're still not good at it. Most people are better at it than you. And it does not light you up. But you're like, okay, if I had to like figure it out and look up some YouTube videos, like, I guess I could cobble it together. Your zone of excellence is something that you're, probably great at, so oftentimes this happens when we're in careers for a long time, something that you are better at than a lot of people, but it does not light you up. So I always joke, this is like when I talk to CPAs or lawyers, they're like, yeah, I'm great at this. Most people cannot do the work that I do. Also, does it light me up? Nope. (laughs) Am I burnt out? Yep. So zone of excellence is often things that we're really good at. And so there was a time when zone of genius for me was in the fitness industry, or was working in the psychiatric hospital, but then over time it became zone of excellence. So what I mean by that is when we look at zone of genius, that is the work that like no one can do better than us. We are on fire when we're doing that work and we feel the energy and we gain energy from doing the work, from being in that space, from using those gifts and living and working in purpose or with our passions in that way. So you get done doing whatever it is in your zone of genius and you are lit up and on fire. So this for me is like when I'm on stage. So a lot of people, if they had to get on stage and talk to other people for an hour, they would get off stage and be like exhausted. They'd want to go to bed for three days. I get off stage and I'm high for a week. So that's how I know it's zone of genius. So I've had times in my job at the hospital, in my job as a personal trainer, in different roles where it was zone of genius for me. I think about this when I was teaching boot camp. Oh my gosh, teaching boot camp was so fun for me for so long. Where I would like get done and just be like, that was the most amazing thing. You know what wasn't amazing? When I was teaching boot camp classes every day at 6 a.m., like it just wore on me, even though I was really good at it and people had an amazing experience. It was not amazing for me at a certain point and so i started hiring other people and then oh my gosh like it was life-giving to see someone else bring my programming to life so your zone of genius can become your zone of excellence over time and sometimes that's where you're like oh i just don't feel like full of passion or purpose anymore in this work and that's when you can know that it might be or sense that it might be time to pivot it might be time if you're like, I'm just craving that feeling, like that thing that lights me up and gives me energy. I'm craving that. Now, how do you know what that thing is? So let's look at a little bit at like when you want to make a pivot, when you recognize like I'm in this space where this work or whatever I'm doing, or I'm maybe you're not doing a whole lot right now. And you're like, I need to find the thing that, you know, brings me passion and purpose. How do you do that? There's a really great exercise that you can do. And you do this over a few days where you take a sheet of paper, fold it down the middle. And on one side, you make a list of all the things that you have skill sets around. And then on the other side, you make a list of all the things that you love to do or you're excited about. And so or you're passionate about. So you might have so for example, if I was going to do this, I might have on my things that I'm good at, it might be like, I was going to say athletics. (laughs) definitely not all athletics, but like skiing, outdoorsy things, working out. Like those are all things I love to do that I do on a really regular basis. Spending time with my child, speaking. Like these are things I just love to do. Connecting with other people, being in community. What else? Like being, I love writing when I have the space to do it. Like there's all sorts of things, right? Those are the things that I'm passionate about. I would also put in there, you know what else I'm passionate about? Women's rights, human rights, justice, autonomy. There's like all these other things. So putting your core values in the things that you're passionate about, your belief systems can go in there. And then when you look at skill sets, what are some of your skills? So I said speaking on my things I'm passionate about, but I would probably put that over on the skill side. So I'm skilled in speaking. I'm skilled in podcasting. I'm skilled in leading, whether that's facilitating or training. I'm skilled in building slide decks. Do they light me up? No, but I'm skilled in doing that. I'm skilled in writing when it comes to blogs or writing articles or writing, like all sorts of different writing things. Um, I'm skilled in all sorts of uses for social media. It doesn't necessarily light me up, but I'm skilled in it. So I can make a list of my skills and then I can see where's the intersection. Where are the intersections? I literally did this exercise when I was trying to decide what I wanted to make a podcast about. And I looked at like, what are my skills and what am I passionate about? And then I looked at, okay, should I be creating a podcast or a blog? What should I be talking about? What do I want this to look like? How many days a week do I want it to be? Do I want it to be me, Guests, just me by myself? Like all these different things. So when you have that list and you run, make this list over the course of a few days, like you start the list and then you revisit it every day or two for like a week, you will start to see the things that you're good at, where you have, or the things that you have skills around and then the things that you're passionate about. And you can start to draw lines across there and be like, oh, what if I took this skill set and applied it to this area of passion? What if I took this area of passion and leveraged it in this certain modality? And then that can start to give you a little bit of insight into what do you want to be doing? So I'm actually looking at this right now. This is so interesting timing to be talking about this episode because I didn't plan this at all, but I'm actually looking at getting this certification. And when I told a couple of people that I wanted to get the certification, They were like, well, have you thought about this one or that one or the other thing? And they gave me like all these other certification options. Like just, you know, you should weigh all your options before you go get the uh, certification. And this is specifically around certifications that I could use when training organizations. And so what was so funny is all the other certifications that people recommended to me, I was like, yeah, I've heard of all those. I don't even wanna go, they're like, make sure you research these ones. And I'm like, yeah, I've heard of them. I've taken most of them, zero interest. The one that's holding my attention the most right now is holding my attention for really specific reasons because I have actual passion around the concepts and the theory behind the assessment tool that the certification would allow me to use. So when I'm thinking through what certification do I want to get in order to have this tool that I can use in organizations? I'm not thinking through like, what's the one that's most commonly used? Because I would be bored out of my mind if I had to use just the one that's most commonly used. Because as it turns out, the one that's most commonly used is not a tool that I love. It's not a tool I'm fired up about. It's not a tool I want to talk about every day. The tool that I'm looking at I want to talk about every day. I'm very personally and professionally interested and lit up by the work that this tool allows you to dig into. I'm lit up about how people using this tool as a means of assessment can impact the way that they interact with other people, the way that they support other people, the way that they show up as leaders, the way that they develop as leaders. Like you can just hear my voice, right? I'm getting excited just talking about what it would be like to be able to help other people use this tool. So now I know that when I'm making a consideration around the thing I want to go after, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to just get the tool that is the most common tool or the easiest one that other, you know, the most organizations use. No, I'm going to get the tool that I want to, that I'm most excited about. It might not be the easiest one to get. It might not be the least expensive one to get. It might not be the fastest one to get. It might not be the one that most people use or even appreciate, but it's the one that I want to talk about for the next five to 10 years. The other ones I maybe could talk about for five months. (laughs) So that's how you know where you have, where you're like, oh, this is the right pivot. You have that kind of gut check where you're like, oh yeah, this is the thing. And it's been so funny because as I've gotten feedback as people have been like, but have you thought about this? And have you thought about that? I'm like, no, I haven't thought about those because I have zero interest in them. (laughs) So it's made it really easy and clear for me. And I've joked with a couple of girlfriends who I talk about, we talk on Marco Polo every day. And I'm like, Oh, this is so funny because as I ask people for feedback around this, I'm like, why am I even telling people that I'm interested in this? Because they're giving me feedback that I don't want. <laughs> like, I'm not looking for anyone's permission at this point. I just want to go use the tool. I'm really excited about it. I'm really passionate about it. So I want you to recognize where that passion lives for you. What's the thing that are that you're interested in and want to investigate around? And be in it with your hands in it for the next five to 10 years. Like that's how you know that that's the thing. I had a business coach tell me years ago when I was thinking about starting a blog and he's like, what's the thing you want to talk about every day for the rest of your life? And I have used that advice so many times as I've made decisions around how I want to run something in my business. What's the thing you want to talk about every day for the rest of your life? That's how I decided at that time to start a blog that was for moms. That's how I decided when I decided to open my own fitness studio in Seattle that it would be just for women. Not just for women, but I would market it all. All the marketing was exclusively for women. We definitely had some men join as well. It wasn't like no men allowed, but I knew I would only market to women. That's how I decided to do a podcast around motherhood and helping moms take up space instead of around fitness, which is where my work was predominantly at that time. So I am constantly making decisions around like, what do I wanna talk about every day for the rest of my life? What is the thing that lights me up? What's the thing I get excited about? What is the thing I feel like I can just talk about forever and ever and ever and not get bored with it? So it is absolutely okay for you to let work just be a thing that you do for right now, if that's what you need. If you need that safety, that security, that stability, that doesn't mean that you're settling. And when you have the space and the bandwidth, it is time to go. It is time to go and find the thing that fuels you. Move in the direction of the thing that fuels you. Let yourself research and investigate, but not for too long, because I know some of you all, you'll just research and investigate for years and never actually go get the thing that you want. A few questions to ask yourself as you are considering, how do I want to pivot? What could that look like? What should I do right now? First question is, what purpose is the thing that you're doing right now serving you? So if you're doing work that you're really passionate about, is that serving you? Does Or do you need something that pays the bills differently? Or if you're doing something that pays the bills and maybe you're not passionate about it at all, is that serving you? Is that the purpose? The second question is, how is this serving me right now? So is this serving you in the way that you need it to be serving you where you're like, yes, this is what I need out of right now? If you're like, no, this is not what I need to be serving me right now. And then the third question is, is this in or out of alignment in this moment? so it can absolutely be in alignment for you to be sitting in a job that provides stability for your family this is something i've talked about so many times with parents who like hold the benefits for their family and they're like yeah like i'm gonna stay in this job that is just kind of a job where i'm kind of just clocking it in for a few more years because of the benefits it provides that's really important right now and then there's a time where you're maybe like okay this is now out of alignment so i sat in positions for certain periods of time. And then those positions that I was sitting in became so out of alignment that I was like, I cannot be here. So my job at the gym, for example, with Vicki and Richard, there was a certain point where I was like, I can no longer be here. I cannot ethically sit in this environment where these people are being so disrespectful, if not abusive to their own staff and their own members. So I'm not going to sit here in this. This is too out of alignment for me. Same thing at the for-profit psychiatric hospital. <laughs> I was like, I love that work. But then over time, I was like, this can serve a certain purpose in my life. And now this is so out of alignment, because of the way that they are making choices, the way that they are making decisions, the way that profit is so highly prioritized over people and over children, (laughs) that I just couldn't do it anymore. So those are your three questions. What purpose is this serving me right now? How is this serving me right now? And then is this in or out of alignment in this moment? I hope this is helpful. I hope this gives you some guidance around passion purpose and when to pivot and also gives you some permission to analyze, is it okay to be where I'm at right now and stay here or do I need to check myself and challenge myself to take the next step and make that pivot because now's the time. So thank you so much for being here. I cannot wait to be back here on Wednesday with a fantastic interview and I will see you then. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued
3: Listen into to Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.